Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, I'm Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast, and this is part three of a special four-part series where we'll be taking a deep dive into the subject of baking with some brilliant expert guests. This episode, I catch up with cook and author Chetna Makan, whose unique style of baking uses both familiar and more unusual spices to lend a whole new dimension to her cakes and bakes. delighted this week to welcome Chetna Makan to the Olive Magazine podcast and you may know Chetna from the 2014 series of Great British Bake Off where she wowed the judges with her spicy takes on traditional cakes and breads. Since then she's written three recipe books, The Cardamom Trail, Chai Chat and Chutney and most recently Chetna's Healthy Indian and she has a brilliant YouTube channel and a great Instagram account which we'll talk about later but first of all welcome to the podcast Chetna. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be chatting with you. <laughs> How are you doing? How has your lockdown been? Um, it's been all right, actually. It it did, I guess, for uh, started uh, as for most of us, just, you know, really didn't know what to do, where mm. to go, everything cancelled. Um, so I actually turned my attention to my YouTube channel, which I thoroughly enjoy. And my kids were around, so um, I started posting on it every day. And that actually... Um, people enjoyed it. It yeah. worked very well, but it kept me sane. I did it yeah. like it really helped me a lot. I think a lot of people who I've spoke to, like Ed, Ed Kimber, who, who we'll talk about in a bit, um, their sort of social channels really went huge during lockdown because people sort of started going online and going on Instagram and like, you know, they just wanted to kind of connect with people like on a on a regular basis and see that everyone was all right, really. So I think that was like a source of comfort for everyone absolutely yeah I, you know for me definitely it worked really well and I enjoyed doing it and then people were benefiting from it so I got so many re- responses emails you know comments just how somehow it helped them to see a video every day as well just yeah. um, which actually made me uh, I, I felt like oh I'm doing something good yeah yeah. Um, yeah which felt very good yeah as it's your first time on the podcast I thought we'd just go back a little bit like retreat back to the beginning um, and I was reading your book The Cardamom Trail yesterday which was the first book that you brought out after you came off Bake Off um, and there's like a, a fascinating intro where you talk about learning to bake with your mum but you say that um, it's not common in India to have a kind of oven as we would know it so it was quite unusual to do that could you sort of talk us through your baking journey there 
Yes. So baking in India was not a big thing at all, uh, especially at home. Uh, mm. We had bakeries, but they had specific cakes. Right. But um, out of all the people we kind of knew, like my relatives and cousins, um, my mom was only one of the few who had an oven and it was the portable oven, which she still has. Um, so it's like a it's like a, a big casserole, I guess. Okay. And you just, uh, with a glass, uh, a semi-glass, you know, just a top glass lid and you plug it in one room and she would always plug it in her bedroom. Um, and then, you know, and it only fits a certain cake, dis- you know, cake, yeah. um, um, cake tin as well. And it's, it's just it's just amazing and she made uh, lots and lots of cakes so she didn't do any cookies really she didn't do any pastries Mm. at all I never saw her make a pastry Indian pastries yes but not pastries as we know it here Um, and yeah she would do basic cakes and uh, that's how I that is how I first learned to make cakes. And then when you moved to the UK did you kind of did you start making more what we would know as traditional cakes or were you kind of mixing stuff up then? I, so when I just moved, I actually started making cakes from recipes I found here. Okay. So I discovered Victoria sponge and I know it's just a vanilla cake with some mm. jam in it, but it, it's just, I guess, the name Victoria Sponge. I uh, discovered it in the local Tesco's and, you know, they used to sell a four pound cake yeah, uh, at cake. that time. <laughs> and it would it would cut four slices, just a small one. And I would bring it and I would eat the whole thing. It was just so, <laughs> and it wasn't even the best of the cakes, but it, you know, it just gave me a taste of really nice light sponges. And um, I started baking from recipes I found online um, and in magazines at that time. I think you must have had the cooking gene from your mum, though. You know, the sort of baking gene must have been in you somehow. I definitely (laughs) have her cooking gene, as in there is no doubt, because she is an amazing cook. Um, And uh, it's just that she, you know, she... I've I've grown up watching her cook from scratch every single day and never get tired of it. And she would throw in baking a little bit here and there. But yeah, I I definitely get all my cooking inspiration from her. Oh, wow. One thing I was going to ask you was, um, I've really been enjoying your Chetna's Bake Off chats on Instagram. Yes. um, Where you've had former Bake Off stars. We've had the ones I've seen, Selassie. Kim yes. Joy and Ed Kimber, who's actually um, this little baking series we're doing. He's he's um, on episode one. How how did that come about? So basically, it literally came about uh, the week before Bake Off started. Again, I guess um, you know it, it has been really busy right now with work mm. and everything. Uh, thankfully, but um, I just thought Bake Off's coming and. Um, uh, sometimes I've done blogs uh, about it, like next day, you know, just a review about it or something. And I thought, I want to do something with it. What do I yeah. do? There are so many bakers. And I, my favorite uh, social media platform is Instagram. Yeah, me um, too. It's not an ad. <laughs> but it's, the ni- it's the nicest it's just, one, isn't it? <laughs> it is so lovely. And, you know, it's yeah. just, I've never had a, a touch with, never had a negative um, no. comment or... I've just escaped all of that negativity. So it's I just love it. And mm. I can be whatever creative uh, creativity I can show, whatever I want, the cooking, if I want to do baking, Indian, yeah. Italian, whatever I want to do, it's kind of my 
space. And I thought, actually, I'm going to do live chats. And I had not done any live cooking throughout the lockdown now because I just thought it, it it's very difficult to live cook with people cooking. Yeah. I just thought it requires too much of, you know, everyone <laughs> needs to have ingredients. And um, But I thought chat is something we can actually just chat about. And everybody who has been on Bake Off has got their you know, memories of it. And yeah. we can, even if we were not in the same year, we all know the whole process. We all know how it feels to be there. We all know how it feels to be out or not out and how to get starved. That all the uh, feelings and the experiences are so similar. So I thought I'm going to do that. And actually I'm going to talk to not my year's bakers, yeah. but all <laughs> over the years. And it has been really the highlight of Tuesdays yeah. because... Um, yeah, and then I kind of think, oh, who should I chat to next? And because um, so, people yeah, are suggesting it's... it as well, aren't they? I've noticed, like, every, you're like, who should I chat to next? And yes. everyone's typing up, going. So last, I think you've got. Um, it'll be out by the time this comes out. But um, Liam's on tonight, isn't he? Yes, yes. Who's such good fun? I've seen him on his own Instagram doing his. Uh, he's really good. Is so. Is it like? To me, because I, I noticed that you weren't chatting to people from your year. And um, I was like, wow, so is it it's some big club that once you've been on there, you just kind of know everybody else instantly anyway? Actually, you're absolutely right. I think with Bake Off, I don't know how it is with other shows. But with Bake Off, it just kind of feels like um, when I was on the show and came out, I went to mm-hmm. a baking show and I met the people who were there before me. And I mm-hmm. felt like, oh, I know them because I'd seen them on TV yeah. and they obviously had watched me and it just felt like we were part of this big group where we didn't yeah. have to introduce ourselves and you know um have that awkward first time small talk it was just genuine um yeah. kind of uh um kind of, what what would be the word like you know it's just like a classroom yeah it's like come that's yeah it's like a big club isn't it it's like a yeah that, yeah. you, that you all belong to because you've all been through the same because I was going to say they've done a really good job this year um obviously you know recording during lockdown and it must have been or it seems like it's quite a supportive place to be like uh, and in other competitions you get a sense of you know there may be proper competition going on but with Bake Off I always think that everyone cries when people leave and you know they're really sort of helping each other out is, is it really like that behind the scenes? Absolutely. It is genuinely um, a lovely kind of friendly environment. It is not a place where you think, oh, I hope he goes or she goes out kind of thing. It's not like that at all because, um, you know, we, we... all kind of get to know each other and want them to stay. We yeah. want us to stay as well and yeah. them to stay as well. So it's it's a very tricky, um, yeah, you know, a situation. But it is genuinely a really lovely atmosphere there. Yeah, and it's good to watch the kind of journeys and to watch people go through, you know, getting better or or like conversely, like sometimes people start off brilliantly and then they'll just do something and you're like, what happened you were brilliant and then you just kind of but I guess it's like anything with that the pressure can make anyone even if you're the most practiced person in the world just go off and do a disaster Absolutely, because, you know, there's so many factors involved. There is the weather, there is obviously the nerves, there are ingredients and there are sometimes the door doesn't want to rise and that's the end of the story. (laughs) We can't really do anything about it. 
Stick around to hear more from Chetna, including how she approaches recipe writing and development. Going back to baking, because that's um, what we're talking about on this series. Um, your first book, The Cardamom Trail, you really sort of did a deep dive into using a lot of spices that you're familiar with and bakes. I think traditionally in the UK, we've, you know, we've got like Christmas spices that we use or we've got things like, I guess, ginger, cinnamon, that we're all used to those flavours. But then bringing in different spices, we're probably a little bit wary of. So what, what are your favorite spices to use in kind of cakes and bakes? So my my all-time favorite is cardamom. cardamom. Because, uh, and I, I think the reason is because we use cardamom almost in every other sweet, Indian sweet. Oh. So all these Indian desserts, whether it's kheer, halwa, whether you get those, you know, small burfis or whether you yeah. get gulab jamuns, you, you name it and it's got cardamom in it because it's... You know, I don't know how that originated, but it's got cardamom in it. And I have grown up with that. Yeah. I've got a massive sweet tooth. So <laughs> my favorite uh, ca- uh, favorite spice is cardamom. Um, and I love using it in cakes and bakes. It doesn't mean that I throw a cardamom in every cake I make. <laughs> but, you know, I when I was writing my first book, Cardamom Trail, I just wanted to kind of introduce spices in a subtle way where people yeah. wouldn't think of doing that. Um, and I I just, uh, I was so pleased that people actually appreciated it and gave it a go. And um, I'm not saying that, you know, you add so much cardamom that yeah. it's just, you have to be subtle and you have to be balanced and uh, make sure it goes with the right thing. So the cardamom cake in the book, actually, which was on the cover, was matched with white chocolate to yeah. kind of the sweetness of it, plus um, pistachios, because pistachios um, ha- add a bite, but it also has a creaminess. And so mm. there has to be balancing Balance. features as well and not mm. just throw in any spice because that's not going to work. Yeah, because cardamom is actually, it's very powerful, isn't it? I mean, if you've ever crunched down on one that's been left in a a dish, then you'll know about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, What about other spices? I I, I noticed you used, for example, um, star anise, which I think is a beautiful spice as well. Yes. So I think I also, uh, again, wanted to use spices that I'm used to using. So star anise is something we use in curries, we use it in rice, Mm. Um, but I had not seen it used in sweets. So when I discovered rhubarb, because of course that is something Mm. that is not in India, uh, mm. And, you know, with the sharpness of rhubarb and the anise y flavor of uh, star anise, it just went so well. Um, mm. yeah. So it's that kind of balancing uh, with flavors is what I tried to do in the book. Yeah. And then um, I think also saffron is quite because not it not only brings color, but it also brings quite a subtle flavor. But you've, again, you've got to be quite careful with it, don't you? Yes, I think saffron is another really, really good spice. And um, I used it in a cake and I teamed it with meringue. So it was Mm. uh, uh, the cake had saffron and it was topped with uh, meringue and then sandwiched with cream. And then because it had that lightness of the cream, the saffron went beautifully with it. But uh, I think it is it is one of those things where, like cardamom, if you put too much, you it can be too much and it can yeah. kind of almost uh, kill the dessert. 
when you're adding spices to a cake, would you would you sort of put them through a sugar or a syrup or would you add them kind of into the butter? What's the best way to introduce a spice into a cake or dessert, do you think? So I, I find that because I mostly use, say, powdered spices right. for baking, they're not whole spices. They can never be whole spices for baking, I guess. Um, I always add it to the flour or the sugar, not the wet ingredients. Um, just like, you know, you would add baking powder and kind yeah. of mix it all up. In in similar way, um, add the spice and um, to the dry ingredients, and then mix it up with the wet mm. ones. And when people are buying spices, is there is there like a better way to buy them? I mean, is it fine to just buy the little tubs or? See, that that is a very, very tricky thing because when I moved to the UK, I couldn't find spices where I live in a small town and I had to uh, travel to South Hall every six months and we would fill the boot up with all the spices and bring it. So at that time, we used to buy like the big, big packs because yeah. we couldn't keep going back every weekend. Yeah. Um, but now it's easily available in all supermarkets and it depends on how much you want to use. Say... I don't think I would tend to buy a small pack of garam masala because literally it will be finished in two days. Uh, whereas <laughs> if there is something like cardamom or yeah. um, cinnamon or things like that, you know, mm. a small pack is absolutely fine because you're not using too much and too mm. often. So um, I think you just have to look for a brand that you like and um, uh, get small packs. So you use it up and then you can replace it once you've yeah. used that. I was going to ask you about your what, when you're developing recipes because you've written three books now. Four, actually. Oh, four? <laughs> Sorry, which one did I miss out? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, the got fourth one. one. Fourth one came out in lockdown, actually. It wasn't supposed to be in lockdown. But anyways, um, it came out in June and it's actually like um, an extended version of Healthy Indian, which was my third oh, book. Oh, I see. I think um, I saw that, but I got confused, right? No, so it's, it's so Healthy it's, Indian updated with Yes. Um, so it's healthy Indian, but completely vegetarian. So it's perfect oh. for vegan and vegetarian uh, okay. people and who want to, you know, try their hand at Sorry know, for doing you that disservice. No, no, that's <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when, when, you're, when you approach write, writing a book, what, what's your process? I mean, how do you, because there's quite a few recipes in those books, isn't there? Oh, how long God, does it yeah. take you to do it does uh, take a few months. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it also depends on how much time, uh, you know, we have between um, everything getting ready and photography and then yeah. it coming out. But it's usually a few months. Cardamom Trail took the most time because it was my Baking, first book. Yeah. And also, I was just learning how to kind of put things together. Mm. Um, so I think uh, this took uh, over six months to write. Um, but I think it's uh, in terms of developing recipes, it's uh, once I know what I want to write is mm. then it gets easier because uh, I want to do things um, that are not already out there. So when it came to this baking book, it was done with spices. So it was yeah. something which was not there. 
Um, I couldn't find a really good street food book, which is why I wrote the street food book. Mm. Um, And I always found that people associate Indian food to takeaway food, which I think is not how we eat at home every day. So I wanted to introduce them to how I cook for my family and friends and how healthy it is, actually. And that's how the book came about. And uh, the vegetarian book was just a follow up of Uh, you know vegetarian and vegan food so Mm. it's kind of once I've got the idea then it's it is it is more straightforward where I know that uh, I'm going to write healthy recipes you know using ingredients that I can find locally and it's easy to make uh, easy to understand and recreate at home so it does get simple but trying to figure out what it should be about is actually quite a (laughs) task as well and do you try things out on your family so everything I cook that's what we eat for yeah. our meals so it's not like I'm recipe testing and then in the <laughs> evening I prepare something else so yes when I am doing a book for the few months uh, my family is kind of by the end of it even myself I just want like a dal rice or something which is mm, not experimental yeah, not yeah. that the food we're eating is not good but it every day is new food which yeah. sounds very exciting and it is it is but after a point it gets um it gets exa- a bit... it gets exhausted doesn't it i've been yeah. through recipe testing marathons where you literally just you just want something that you know you want like a plain pasta with olive oil and garlic or some just something that you don't even have to think about making yes yeah it can exhaust your palate as well I think you can just have too much yes um if you were going to direct people so if people listening to this they're thinking okay I want to I want to change things up I'm going to go off and do a bit of baking maybe bring a bit of spice into it where 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 should they go and have a look what are your favorite recipes that they could start with um, I think um, I would obviously talking about this. I would just go get cardamom trail, and I yeah. know it's the, it's it, it you know it came out <laughs> years ago, but it actually solves everything every what they're looking for. And also, I've tried to put like um, a few chapters in between where I've just spoken about the spice and what it yeah. adds to the uh, to the bakes. And if you if people listening are really new to spice and baking then um, actually that would be the best place to find the recipes yeah and then if they want to go online your your youtube channel they just they just type in youtube yes yes so uh, my channel is called food with chetna and it has been there it's been out for four or five years now um and yeah there are lots of baking recipes um which they can give it a go yeah cool and then your Instagram is yes. just Instagram at... is just at Chetna Makan. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I share, you know, recipes day yeah. in and day out there. So there's yeah. just a, an abundance of recipes they can try. So there's no excuses. Yeah. And I would definitely like urge people to go there and check out the, um, the Bake Off chat. If you're a fan of Bake Off like I am, and it's, it's kind of getting me through these months, um, the bake-off charts are just a joy as well just to see the characters I don't know how they manage to do it but every year they pick brilliant characters too and I think that's that's a good thing is you can you can picture people in your head like I remember Howard from series whatever and you know the sort of little people that that bob up that um yeah it really reminds you of each season 
Yes, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Where every season has got these few and yeah. there might be some you who might kind of go back in the background kind of. Yeah, they might but not necessarily are, win. Yeah. Yes, but uh, it's just the personalities that kind yeah. of shine through and yeah. just uh, remain in your head. Uh, yeah. And absolutely right. Every year has got two, three, which just stand out so yeah. much. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today, Chetna. Um, I'll keep an eye on all of your social media. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you want to explore more of our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, you'll find us on all the main platforms and on our website, olivemagazine.com, where you'll also find loads of useful recipes and some great cooking advice. Why not try a subscription to Olive Magazine and get the very best recipes delivered to help inspire your cooking? To take advantage of our current offer of three issues for only £5, go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash allpod720. That's O-L-P-O-D 720. Terms and conditions apply.